video. Woo! Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that you open up the eyes of our understanding, let them be flooded with light, so that we may know the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you give us life. You give us strength. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that we open our minds now and tender our hearts right now to prepare ourselves to receive from you. We plan on receiving from you. It's not a man we want to hear from. It's not a person we want to hear from. We want to hear from God. One word from God can change our lives forever. So, Father, we are now putting our faith on that one word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody good? I got a microphone now. Hallelujah. The anointing has now moved into the room. Yes. Yes, they can hear me on Facebook. They're going, I can't hear it. People are typing right now. There's no sound. The sound is there, guys. The sound is there. Just a little unorthodox this morning. Everybody doing good? I'm getting a lot of weird looks. Let's all stand up. Let's stretch it out. Oh, good morning. Yeah. Stretch it out. Touch your toes if you need to, you know, do some arm roundy deals. Yeah, stretch our backs out. Y'all all look tired. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to get you woke up, you know. Yeah, there's some people, yeah, we got to get woke is what they say. Okay, sit back down. There you go, there you go. Good job, good job, everybody. Let's all stand. Let's stand again. Come on, get up, get up, up, up. Y'all need to wake up. You ain't there yet. My Lord, I want you to be able to hear this morning. I don't want you thinking about wanting to get back into bed or what we're going to have for lunch. Come on, come on. All right, sit back down. Simon says, no, I'm playing. I think that, I think at times we just, we just get so caught up. In, I don't know. I don't know. We get so caught up in the habit. That we forget what we're doing. <laughs> we forget why we're here. See, there, there's a, there's, there's, the, the promises of God are, are prepared and ready and sitting waiting on anybody that wants to partake of them. Okay? So the trick is, the trick is for us individually is for us to get ourselves in an, in a state of expectation of God to do something. Or God to say something. Or God to act on something. Because this is not what I'm preaching on. But now faith is the substance of things that we hope for. The evidence of things unseen. Which is which is uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for. And the evidence of things that we can't see. So faith, since it's the substance of what's hoped for. That hope is an expectation. When you have hope, you have expectancy. So faith gives substance to the expectancy that we have. But if we don't have any expectancy for anything, ain't nothing going to happen. Won't nothing happen. Okay, won't nothing happen if we don't have any expectation. If we're not expecting God to do anything in our lives or give us any kind of word or say anything prophetic and give us something that changes our lives, then guess what? It ain't going to happen. Because in God's eyes, it's already happened. He's just waiting for you to experience it. In God's eyes, it's already happened. He's just waiting on you to experience it. Salvation is available for everybody out there today, right now. 
Every person that's on this planet that breathes air on the planet Earth, every person that's out there, salvation is ready and prepared for them right now. He's just waiting on them to experience it. He wants them to experience it. How do they experience it? They build an expectation in themselves that God is real, that Jesus was raised from the dead, and they move and act upon that expectation, and salvation happens. That's the word of faith that we preach. Romans chapter 10 says, verse 8 says, that's the word of faith that we preach, that you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you get saved. That experience happens over and over and over again with everything that has to do with the Bible. Everything that has to do with God rests upon you believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, and expecting it to happen. So if we show up in this building with a... But guess what's going to happen? Nothing. You'll walk out of here the same way you walked in. This week will be the same as last week. Why? Because you ain't got no word from God because you don't have no expectancy. We don't have any expectancy. We're not expecting him to do anything. We're sitting back waiting on him to do something, and he's already done it. Yeah, I know it was good, but we're going to get out of here in just a few minutes, y'all. Don't worry. I won't keep you too terribly long, okay? Everybody okay? I won't keep you long. That was free. This you're going to pay for, okay? I don't have any books to sell you, but I feel, I feel like i got to do something just to... Uh, let's all stand. No, I'm playing. Don't, don't. Are y'all feeling me here? It don't matter what I got prepared. If you don't, don't want to have a word from God, it don't matter what anybody from this pulpit's got prepared. It don't matter what podcast you listen to. It don't matter what book you read. It don't matter how often and how much you read your word of God. If you have no expectancy upon God to fulfill that which he has already, already promised in your life, it ain't going to happen. You're going to sit there waiting. You're just going to sit there waiting. I wonder why God won't move in my life. Hmm, already did. Long time ago he moved. He moved a long time ago. Paul said last week, Paul said, you know, that he... He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He called you before you were even born. He moved a long time ago, y'all. Mm. Yahweh, big daddy, Yahweh. Amen. So we're talking about identity. The word identity was actually started to be used in the human, in the, in the English vernacular in the 16th century. And it meant to have the quality of being identical to something because it came from the Latin word, which is IDM, item, which means the same. So when you start talking about your identity, okay, we have to put in our mind how this word is supposed to work in our brain, okay? And how we're supposed to think about this word. When we begin to think about our identity, that means that you are now making yourself the same as something else, okay? So later on in the 17th century, we started to use another term called identify. So we had identity that was used before in the, human, or in the, in the English language. And then in the 17th century, we started to use this word to be, to, that's called identify, which means to treat as being identical with. So if you identify yourself with something, that means that you treat yourself just like that. 
that means that you are identical or the same as that thing. So in our lives as human beings, we have this tendency to identify ourselves with particular things in our lives. My identity is Gregory Allen Lee. I was given that the day I was born. I'm a Lee. All right, first of all, I'm a human being that walks on this earth, and I'm a Lee. Then after I was, then after I was born, I started to grow up a little bit. I found out that me as a Lee, I kind of like to, I kind of like to play music. So I start to identify or make myself the same as people that play music. And then later on, I found out that I could play some music. Then I could count a little bit. And because I could count a little bit and talk to people, talk to them about their problems and stuff, I began to be a, be a banker and start to identify myself as a banker and make myself the same as that. Y'all see what I'm saying? Are y'all following me here? And so when you talk about your identity and you identifying yourself in life, you are making yourself the same as something else. You ever heard of twins that are identical twins? They're identical. Why are they identical? Because they're what? The same. So the word identify or identity means that you are the same as something. And here's the trick, folks. If we're not careful, we'll start to identify ourselves with all kind of problems and tribulations and stuff that happens. And this is my people that I come from, and I can't help it because I'm just made that way. Huh? Have we said those words before? Why? Because we take our brain and we, we, we use our brain to say, okay, who am I? I'm the same as that. And whatever that is, we just pick it. And I'll just, I'll just be honest with you. All the things in this world are temporary, right? Right? Everything we see, touch, and feel is temporary. So anything that you allow yourself to identify to is going to be temporary, which means that it's going to end one day. And when it ends, now you've got to find something else to identify yourself to because that thing's gone. All right. What I mean by that is that we as human beings will define ourselves on things that are temporary. Houses. Cars, jobs, physical stature. How many of y'all know people that still, in their 50s, still talk about that one football game in high school? Why? Because they identify themselves with that one football game in high school. And I'm sorry, that thing's temporary. It's over, Big Daddy. You can't run like that no more. That's not who you are. That's who you might have been at that time, but you're not that person anymore. Give me a football, I'll show you. You can't run like that no more. This is making sense. Because if we start to identify ourselves on something that's temporary, then that means we are constantly trying to figure out who we are because whatever we identify with is going to eventually end. That's why you got all this gender stuff that's going on and people trying to figure out because they're trying to identify themselves to a particular thing that's temporary it's a temporary issue i don't care what you are identify as whatever you want to identify as today that thing's going to become temporary if it's of this world and so now if you really start to look at identity and what it is and making yourself the same as something else you can see why people are so stinking confused all the time we confused human human uh, condition is confusion We're still trying to figure out who we are. Why? Because we have not found out who we are in him. Because what does the Bible say about Christ? He's the same, what? Yesterday and forever. He never changes. Which means if you can find yourself in him and identify yourself with you won't ever change. It'll always be the same. 
You'll do life the same. All of a sudden, people will be like, hey, man, you just always seem to be in a good mood. Yeah, you want to know why? Because I hadn't changed my identity since I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm making myself the same as him. I'm going to be the same. We, we must, as humans, we must have to, it's ingrained in our DNA to attach ourselves to something and try to be and emulate that. Parents, uncles, aunts, superheroes, uh, Jedi, whatever. We watch movies and we see these, these icons of people and we want to make ourselves do that. I'll be like that. I want to be like Black Widow. Because she can spin around in the air and kick 12 men at one time. And then land and throw something that shocks people. I want to do that. Until the next movie comes out. And then I want to do that. And then the next movie comes out. I want to do that. Or the next TV show comes out. I want to do that. Or the next popular thing to be. I want to be that. Ooh, why do I, I want to be that. Ooh, that's, I'm, I'm going to identify as that. I'm going to identify as this. Oh, I'm going to go be that now. See what I'm saying? There's all this confusion and there's this constant, this constant turmoil and you never get to figure out who you are. You never know who you really are because you're always changing who you are. You can't really think. You just really can't figure out who you are. And God said that I formed you in the womb. I made your name. I formed you. I knew who you were before you was even born. I knew you. Not only your name and where you lived at, but knew you at that time God had every little bitty detail worked out before you showed up and if we take the time to get into the word of God to take a look because the word of God y'all do realize that the word of God Paul said it last week the word of God is is alive it's alive in the old testament it tells us who Jesus was going to be and that he was coming in the Gospels, it tells us who he was while he walked on the earth. In the New Testament, it tells us who we are because he did that thing. And so if you find the word of God, you have now found yourself. Amen? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go right now. Y'all just kind of got to bear with me a little bit. Yes, sir. Because you'll, you'll, you will, people, people will, we do, we do this. We will attach ourselves to things. And we'll just do it haphazardly. And I'm sorry, you know, if you're not attaching yourself to word and, and identifying or making your, the, your, yourself the same as the word, the word of God, then you're, you're putting yourself on something that the enemy would prefer you do. You know, I mean, and, and he's the master of confusion. He's the master of fear. He's the master of darkness i mean he just he just wants you confused and in the dark he can't find your way that's the best thing in his mind that's the best thing for you let's go to uh uh let's do um second corinthians chapter five let's do that one and then we'll kind of get in this thing get started to make it sense so everything in our everything in our lives everything that we see touch and feel and, and know about has originated in the spirit realm including yourself you do have to, you have to know this before I get into what I'm going to talk about. You have to understand this truth, 
The Bible talks about in Thessalonians that your whole spirit, soul, and body, you know, that your whole spirit, soul, and body. And if you continue to read in the Word, you find that it says spirit, soul, and body on several occasions, which is likened to and and sort of metaphorically speaking, looking at, at God, you know, God presents himself Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're spirit, soul, and body. We're made in his image and in his likeness. So you have to understand that you are a spirit who has a soul and live, you live in a body. Your body's temporary. It's going to go in the ground one day. Poof, done. It's going to eat up by worm. You are worm food as far as your body is concerned. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. How are you feeling this morning? You ain't feeling real good this morning because your soul is messed up thinking that things are not good. Your spirit is the one part of you that God had before you were in your mother's womb, and that is the piece of you that will live on and carry on forever and ever. Amen. When we are born again, our spirit is the part of us that has changed. That's the reason why after you're born again, you don't look different, you don't smell different, and you dang sure don't talk different, right? You have to make those adjustments in your soul by saving your soul and renewing your mind to the Word of God so that now you begin to act differently and act the way that your spirit knows that you should act because the soul is making those decisions for you. Are you all with me on all that? I mean, I draw you a picture. We could talk about it for 10 hours if you need to. Spirit, soul, and body. So let's keep that in mind as we jump into this. Therefore, if any person... Go to the original King James first before we do the Amplified, please. Yeah, therefore, if anyone, anybody, any person at all is in Christ, that person is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, I've said this scripture in here a hundred million fifty times. Okay? A lot of times that I brought this thing out... But this is something that I keep going to constantly in my personal life. Like, like whenever I'm thinking of, like, you know, the Word of God and, you know, just, like, reminding myself of the promises of God and trying to maintain my identity personally, this is where I go. Because to me, this is step number one. If any man, any person be in Christ, the day that I said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, I became what the Bible teaches about is in Christ. What Paul, is found, what Paul the Apostle said, these people are in Christ. Christ. I became a new creation on that day. I was a creature that never before existed on that day. I became something brand spanking new. If you have any kind of a transplant or any kind of a, you know, there's bone marrow stuff that they do with people and, and, and you know, where you, where you get some, you know, get some bone marrow from one person and you translate it over into another person. The doctors will tell those people that receive that bone marrow that you have now two birthdays. You have the birthday that you came out of your mama and you have the birthday that you received this marrow because now you will be a different person because that marrow begins to produce new cells in your body. You were born one more time. Are you with me? Okay. It's the same thing whenever we're talking about in Christ. My birthday in Christ was March 13th, 1987. That's right, buddy. 1987. 1987. 87. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were something strong back in, boy. Dang. 1987. That was my second birthday. That was my new birthday. That was the day that I became a new creation in Christ. Whether I knew it or not, that's what happened. I became brand spanking new. Go to the Amplified now, Melissa. The Amplified Bible, we call it the woman's Bible because it has twice as many words as the other Bible. Therefore, if any person is engrafted, this is the same scripture. 
If any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. You see, you see, it's it's much more detailed, right? Right. And so, therefore, if any person is engrafted, now the word engrafted, and if you've been with me on Wednesday nights for the past two or three weeks, you know what I'm going to get into. The word engrafted is a horticulturalist word that they use whenever they find a vine or a tree trunk, more specifically a vine that's really, really strong with a lot of good stuff in it, and they take a branch and they make the branch and the vine come together into one so that now the fruit that the branch produces is a whole lot stronger and better while because it's attached to the vine. If y'all remember John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying that at this point, whenever you became a new creation in him, that you were engrafted into Christ. The wounds that were on you, the sin, the sickness, the disease, the poverty, the lack, all of those things, Jesus took those things upon himself and took the same wounds by his wounds we have been healed. He took those same wounds and those same cuts and he said, I will take your place and you can have my place and so what happened was is that we were cut and jacked up to begin with and now God made Jesus look like us on the cross and we were engrafted into each other you have been engrafted into the vine that vine is strong so that means that everything that flows in Jesus is now flowing in you All right, stand up. We're going to stand up. I'm losing y'all. I'm losing y'all. I'm losing you. I'm just going, I want y'all to move, get, get, some, get some oxygen in your, in your rest of your body, get it in your feet or something. There you go. All right. Have a seat. Y'all sit back down. Go ahead. Sit back down. Sit back down. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Kenny. Next time you don't have to stand, sir. I know you're like me. You stand up and you're like, oh, that back. Yeah. Stephen, too, look at him. It's because Mr. Kenny and I and Stephen have used our backs a lot. I don't anymore. I'm a banker now. I don't have to. That's right. It does take a lot to have that money. That money's heavy. Anybody ever picked up $1,000 worth of quarters? Pick up $1,000 worth of quarters and tell me bank is fun. Okay. Pick them up. So if any man be engrafted into Christ and put into Christ, he's a new creation. Why? Because everything that was flowing in Jesus is now flowing in you. Everything that Jesus was and has is now in you by way of the Holy Spirit. When you engraft a plant to another plant, when you cut it and you do this process of engrafting, when you put those plants together, you have to seal The relationship that was made. The Bible tells us time and time again that we've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Did I put Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13? Can you find Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 please? the, The Holy Spirit is what seals us together in Christ. The Spirit of God. You have to have the Holy Spirit to get born again. Why is that? Because He's the seal of the deal. He's the one that puts the deal together and makes it fit. He is the one that secures... Everything that just happened in Christ. That's why people are like, you know, people are like, I don't, I don't like talking about the Holy Spirit too much because it's all that tongue stuff and all that kind of. Well, all of that stuff that, that people try to shy away from and don't want to really want to talk about is what seals the deal with Jesus. It's what seals the deal. Yeah. In him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, who have believed you were what? Sealed. 
You were what? Sealed by who? By the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the cuts that were made on Jesus and on you were put together. You're now the branch into the vine and you've been sealed up with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that cinches and seals up the deal to where you can be 100% grown into Christ and now everything that flows in him flows into you. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. That ain't what I was going to talk about. But, but we got it now. What I want to talk about though is what happened to us spiritually in this process. Okay? So if y'all would take me to, was it, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17? I think that's right. I hope it is. If I'm wrong, you're going to let me know, right? Okay. I was right. I did it right. Okay. Check this out. So, I just said that you're engrafted into Christ. You become a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things come new. You got the branch getting connected to the vine and sealed up by the Holy Spirit. So that is, I'm going to use that, all that to say that you've been joined with him. You have been joined with him. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. He comes and lives on the inside of you. He did. You get the engrafted thing. You sealed up with the Holy Spirit. The whole thing's put together. Now you are joined with him, right? Okay, so, but he who is what? Joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with him. So remember whenever I was talking about spirit, soul, and body, that you are a spirit? The day that you were joined with Christ, your spirit and his spirit were mixed together into one. It's like peanut butter and jelly getting mixed together. The Holy Spirit is just like peanut, and your spirit are just like peanut butter and jelly, or water and Kool-Aid. What? What? Just like water and Kool-Aid, y'all. Come on. Hey. Oh. Water and Kool-Aid. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something strong. I brought this. I brought this at the BDCC. I ain't never seen so many men get saved again and again and again and again when I started talking about who they were in Christ and what they had in Christ and what happened to them whenever they said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. That's what we finna get into right now. Y'all gonna get saved again right now. Get ready. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Water. Okay? It's in here. It's sugar added. Water. Kool-Aid. Y'all with me? You, Jesus. You, Jesus. Don't matter to me. It's been done both ways. But they are not mixed right now, are they? They are not. So what do we do to get them mixed up? What we got to do? Got to shake the bag. Do what you got to do. Got to put, got to what? Got to put some Jesus in there, y'all. You got to throw some Jesus in there. If you ain't got no Jesus in there, it's just water. It ain't, it ain't nearly as much fun, but watch this. It's going to get fun. Let's see if I can make it happen. Ooh, look at that. Whew. Like the blood of Christ coming and washing away all your sin. Ooh, that was a little purplish smelling. thought we all got the same ones. See that? Look at that. In the spirit, we, uh, we, 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 we did this. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I confess that Jesus died on the cross and on the third day he rose again. 
Heaven is my home. A mansion has been built where I will live for all eternity in the presence of Almighty God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. When you do that, when you say that, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, this is what happens to your spirit. The blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the 100% perfect payment for all that you did do, could do, and ever would do was put on was was mixed with you now your spirit and his spirit are one now what are we gonna do with this what you gotta mix it up y'all somebody go to somebody go to second timothy chapter one i think it's verse six what i think that's right let's look at it let's see let's see second timothy chapter one What did I say? Baby, you got to stir up the gift that's in you with the laying on the hands by praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in the Spirit. And what happens to you is that you are constantly dissolving more and more Jesus into your spirit and your spirit and His Spirit are coming one, one, one. Now everything that you touch, He touches. Everything He touches, you touches. All that He knows, you know. All that He's got, you got. All that you got, He got. Straight up brand new. I took two things that were separated, put them together, and made something brand new. Come get you some. Come on, come on. It's all right, come on. Made something brand spanking new. And now, now, now we could go through life. Come on, come on. Now we could go through life sharing. Oh, sharing what God has done in us to make us a new creation. We can start sharing that goodness that's in us. All the love, all the power, all the grace, all the peace, all the loving kindness, all that is in us. We're brand new. Everything that the Holy Ghost has is now mixed on the inside of me and I can participate in every bit of what he's got all the time, 100%. Look at that. Brand new creation. Brand new creation that never before existed. New. Spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking. You were brand spanking new on the inside. Old things that passed away. Behold all things. Oh yeah. I I, I, I love y'all. I don't know why you're drinking that nasty stuff right there. If any person, what you got, Ralph, that you got to say? What you got? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ralph. Yes, sir. Where was I? If any man, oh yeah, put my put my uh, First Corinthians six back on there. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, that process happens on the inside of every born-again creature. Every Christian that's born again, that process happens. As Ralph brought out, the sweetness of the word is the the finding of who we are in him. Because like I said earlier, The Bible tells us everything that he was going to be, everything he was, and everything we are in him. That's all the Bible tells us. It's a a revealer. In fact, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which you don't have to go there, but the last two or three scriptures, it says that that we, we, we see in a mirror dimly, darkly, but then whenever that was as perfect was come, is come, we'll be able to see clearly. The Bible is a reflector of who we are in Christ. The more we get into the Word and look at the Word, the more it's reflecting back to you and to me who we truly are in Him. That's why God said, I'm going to take the foolish things of this world and confound the wise. How's He doing that? He's given us the Word and the Word... Man, you you tell what... The Word says that even though I'm sick, I've been made whole in Christ Jesus because of His stripes. And that that happened 2,000 years ago, people will look at it and go, now what? Because they're looking at it through the world's eyes. But if you look at it through the eyes of the Word, it makes all kinds of sense in the world. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If you're joined with Christ, you're one spirit with him. And you know, you know, if you let this sit here enough, sometimes some of them little, them little bits will collect down at the bottom. That's why we got to stir up several times. See, there's a gift that's been put on the inside of us that has to be stirred up from time to time. If not careful, our spirits will become bland over time and we'll, we'll start to identify ourselves to something else because we don't have a renewing of, of who we really are. And we'll start to try to be something else. That's why the Holy Spirit's so important. You know, a lot of people don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit. We do at this church, but most churches do not. Other than His, in, other than His act and His process, His His act in the process of being saved, but they don't want to take it further. The stirring of the Holy Spirit is what keeps us fresh. I mean, you know, I mean, we do it. You do. <laughs> You do this all the time, you just don't know it. I'm going to use, for example, a bottle of yoo What do you do with that yoo before you drink it? Shake it up, baby. Why? Why you got to shake it up? Because all the stuff done kind of settled. Oh, and then you got, oh, and then you just coming to church. Oh, and then you just showing up at 10. Oh, and then, and then you just showing up on Wednesdays. Oh, and then you just settling. Settling, oh, bills ain't getting paid this month. I'm going to settle. Oh, I'm sick. I'm just going to settle, settle, settle. Nothing's getting stirred up or shaken up. The stirring and the shaking of the Holy Spirit is kind of regenerate. It stirs that thing up. It stirs that spirit up to get into where you start to get perky. And like, you know, all of a sudden you get a little attitude about yourself. Like, you know what? Yeah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Everything that flows in Jesus flows in me. When I touch it, he touches it. Oh, now you ain't got no problem praying for sick folk. You ain't got no problem praying for, praying for anybody that's sick. Why? Because when you touch it, he touches it. Huh? When you speak it, he speaks it. 
You ain't got no problem saying, thus saith the Lord. You ain't got no problem operating in miracles at all because that's what he did. And because he did it, I can. The works that I do, you would do also. And greater works than these would do because I go to my father. Y'all remember that scripture? How's all that happening? Because in the spirit, that's what we looking like. That's what we looking like. New. Nothing old. It's all new. Never before existed. Everything that is flowing in him is flowing in us. That's why we're called the body of who? So the question we have to ask ourselves. And this, I don't know, I'm preaching this all over the, all over the place. Ain't a Michael. Hey, hey, go ahead and do my distilled version. I love that version. Do that. Galatians 2.20. It's awesome. I like some stuff that's been distilled. Yeah, it's the distilled Bible. They put it in a, bo- in a, in a barrel with Jack Daniels for 25 years. And then, and then let the Bible out. That's, that's the distilled version of the, bi- the Bible. This is Galatians 2.20. Hey, do it, do it in, the, in the King James first so they can see the difference between the two because that's always fun. There's the King James. I've been what? Crucified. Crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if you read this properly, if you say that you've been crucified with Christ then that means you're a dead person. Walking dead man. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You die to self and become him. Is this water or Kool-Aid now? We call that Kool-Aid. My house, I don't call that water. Ain't got no red water at my house. That's Kool-Aid. I want some Kool-Aid. I don't want no water. I want some Kool-Aid. It ain't no longer you anymore. It's him. Everything is him. When God looks at you, he sees him. Go back to the distilled version because it's really cool. I consider myself as what? Having died. Everything I wanted to be, and sh- all, all gone. I'm dead. Greg, don't matter. Now enjo- enjoying and enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. Jesus using your body. For those of us that understand this principle, Kool-Aid. If you can understand Kool-Aid, you can understand Christianity. Jesus uses your body. I love some Kool-Aid, man. Look at that. If you remember, if you remember Jesus whenever he was walking on the earth, what do, you, do you remember his confession? He confessed stuff all the time, by the way. He was constantly confessing who he was. What did he say? He said, I am. I am. He said, when you've seen the Father, you've seen me. And somewhere between Jesus dying, three days raised from the dead, Holy Spirit moving into the church, to now, we've lost that concept. When I've seen you, I've seen Jesus. Because why? Because we identify ourselves with him. We're Christians, which is little Christs. 
Christians, Christ-like, identify with Him, which means I'm the same as Him. When you see me, you've seen Jesus. It's amazing what Kool-Aid will do for you. We are the same as him. You have been made in the image and the likeness of God. You've been given the word of God which will surpass all, all of everything. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. He's given you of his spirit. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God lives and dwells on the inside of you. And Jesus operates through you. You're a powerhouse. No wonder the enemy tries to make you think you ain't nothing. No wonder he tries to tell you that you can't and you shouldn't. No wonder he gives you grief every morning whenever you wake up and grief every night before you go to bed. No wonder stuff happens to you in life. No wonder it feels like the whole world is coming against you. Why? Because if you figure out who you are, what you have, and what you can do, ain't nothing going to stop you. That's the reason why he said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Why? We're supposed to be rolling up in there and getting the folks out. The gates are trying to keep us out. We got the power to roll up in there and get them and come back out. Just like Jesus did. Y'all with me? I'll say one more and then I'm going to be quiet because I know everybody needs to go eat. If you're willing to say that God is everything the Bible says he is. Is there anybody in here willing to say that? Is God everything that the Bible says that he is? Who agrees with me on this? Anybody? I mean, I mean, any, even people, even people that don't necessarily believe in God will say that that is the avenue that tells you who God is and what, what he, what he does. So if you're willing to believe that, you have to be equally as willing believing what it says you are in him. And what you have in him. You are healed. You are healthy. You are whole. You are prosperous. You are a powerhouse. Just waiting to explode on this world. Because that's what it says. (laughs) That's what it says. Yeah, Stephen come play something. No, Joseph. I want Joseph to play. Hey, man, what's up? Go back to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Put 6 and 7 up there. If you got to go, go. Bye. Have a good day. I'm going to be a minute. There's no condemnation. In fact, everybody stands so those that want to go can leave and they won't feel uncomfortable. Okay? I like for people to feel comfortable. Just pick something, it doesn't matter. Do that song that your mama sings. Do that thing for a little bit and then move to something else. Yes. Did you put my scripture up there? Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. If there's anything that's happening in this world right now is a spirit of fear. They try to scare you into thinking you're going to get COVID. They try to scare you into thinking that you ain't going to have enough. They try to scare you into thinking that everything that the Bible says that you are, you are not. It's going to hit you from every angle and squeeze you harder than anything else in this world has ever squeezed you. This world will work you over every day. Not only us, but also the people that don't even know who he is. They get worked over every single day. Go back to verse 6. Therefore, he reminds us to stir up the gift of God. What is the gift of God? It's the Kool-Aid, y'all. Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, living on the inside of us. There's a stirring that has to happen. There's a stirring in the Spirit that has to take place. There's a stirring, there's a shaking in you that has to happen. And when He stirs you and shakes you and moves you, that ripple effect off of you starts getting on to other people. And now other people are getting stirred and shaken because of that. And all we're doing is re-identifying ourselves and reminding ourselves of who we are in Christ and what we have. And making that identity the same as He is. See, because in the Spirit, you are the same. Whether you realize it or not, you are exactly like Jesus. A carbon copy. He was the prototype. He was the first one ever made. The first one ever made. But then after he was made, they put it on the assembly line. And now over and 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 over. Jesus is all over the place. Exactly the same. So the Bible tells us, to stir up the gift of God which is in us through the laying on of hands. I'm going to get, Michael, let's do some light, something with the lights and all that. I'm going to pray a little bit. If you want to get up here and you want to, want to uh, uh, Stephen, come sing this song. Sorry, man. Um, I mean, if you want to come up here and worship for a minute, you can do that. If you want hands laid upon you, you can do that. Uh, if you got sickness in your body, we'll do that. I mean, I mean, there's nothing specific here. It's just simply stirring up for you personally. God wants to touch every single one of y'all personally. There's no question about that. When I got up this morning, it was like, okay, you know. Okay, Lord, I get it. You know, I, was, I wasn't even going to preach. I was going to just, I was just going to stop and not preach. So he just wants to touch y'all. Because there's issues and there's stuff that's happening. There's, there's mess. And I get it. That's life. That's the way life rolls. But we're to stir ourselves up. Stir ourselves up. And stir up that gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the world, for we've not been given the spirit of fear. See, this, this, this cures the fear problem. And it releases the power, the love, and the sound mind in us is what happens. When you let the Holy Spirit stir you and shake you, the fear is gone. Fear leaves. The power, the love, and the clear thinking come. And that's what God wants to do this morning. So I'm going to ask Stephen to sing this song a little bit.
Y'all can worship. You can come up here and worship. You come up here and get prayed for. If you want to get prayed for, you better let me know because I ain't going to come just see you. You know, you got to be like, hey, I want you over here. Okay? But we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to stir up the gift that's already in us. We're going to stir up the gift. Fear is going to go. Power, love, and clarity are going to come into our lives. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, Stephen.